Hello listeners, however many or few, and welcome to the Eastern Connection, the only guide you'll ever need when it comes to doing business with the Chinese. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Eastern Connection. Thanks for joining me, and if you're new, welcome to the latest episode of the series. In this episode, we are exploring the concept of face, or in Mandarin Chinese, 面子面子 Face is a very deeply ingrained sociological concept within Chinese society, and it stems from the Confucian ideal of creating and maintaining harmony. Specifically, with regards to an individual's stance in society and general social esteem, a metaphor for one's own reputation. Now, it doesn't matter if you are an intern, an executive, a student, or an average Joe. The fact is that you will need to understand this concept and use it to your advantage, while making sure that you don't ruin anything. This might sound a bit confusing, but it will all make sense in time. Possibly one of the most complex of concepts for non-Chinese to understand, any actions or words that are particularly embarrassing or disrespectful may cause a loss of face, which may be more damaging than you realize, both to yourself, your counterpart, and the relationship between you. What is important to note here is that Chinese people understand the concept of face intuitively, and so they won't necessarily be actively or consciously aware of the actions they take to give, save, and maintain face. Now, this concept isn't completely alien to us in the West because saving face is a very common way to avoid social embarrassment. The fact is that the general concept of face exists in Every culture and society around the world, and it's a crucial part of everyday human interaction because it determines how we are perceived and judged by others. The concept of face is inherent in almost every aspect of Chinese life, as well as the fact that it's basically unavoidable in every social encounter, relationship, and connection that one will experience with the Chinese, varying from everyday interpersonal encounters to the most formal of organized events. This really is one of the major keys to understanding China, the Chinese people, and the workings of business, politics, and relationships at all levels. Like some other methods of doing business with the Chinese, face is indiscriminate. It's a game that everyone plays, whether they know it or not. Whether they like it or not, and in order to survive and thrive in China, you will be playing it too. At its most basic explanation, face is all about social status and reputation in terms of elevating it for others, keeping it and elevating it for oneself, and causing its loss on behalf of another. Face itself can be divided into an individual view, that is, what one thinks one is due based on one's status and position, and communal view, which is what one thinks one should give to someone else based on their status and position. On the individual side, you can buy and own expensive things to earn yourself a higher status. 
which is basically to give everyone the impression that you have face. Like, for example, buying a Lamborghini or a big fancy house or something like that. The logic isn't really there, but people can, and they do, go broke by pretending to be wealthy. But it's true nonetheless, the individual view follows in second place to the communal view, which is the status and respect that others give to you, and not always by your achievements, such as it is in the business environment or hierarchy. The actions that we take can either cause an individual to lose face or gain face. These can be employed tactically, or they might occur unintentionally. Everyone tactically gives face, and sometimes more than it's deserved, in order to influence a decision, build a relationship, and so on. Some of the more diabolical instances of causing a loss of face can, for example, systematically cause someone to, say, quit their job out of a sense of irreversible shame. But the loss of face to the Chinese is a far bigger deal than it is for Westerners. Not all situations are so terrible or so damaging, but some of the more damaging are as a shocking to the system and b disrespectful that you may as well have actually slapped someone across the face with an open palm. In business, face plays a wonderful role in workplace communications, both internally and externally, as well as in negotiations and the building and maintenance of relationships. Compared to the West, managers are almost pedestalized, and the distinctions between the levels of the hierarchy are much clearer. As we discussed in the previous episode, to disobey a directive from a superior is not only anti-Confucian, but it would also fail to give a leader the status that they deserve, according to business culture, and it would ultimately result in a loss of face. If you achieve something because of a relationship or connection that you have, then you are seen to have face because of that. For two business counterparts in a similar position, or between two opposite numbers in two different companies, Face is given and received on an equal basis, and it will be the glue that holds the relationship together. While looking for a bit of history on this concept, I came across this story, let's call it. Some might call it a wife's tale, and I'm not sure how true it is, but it's rather interesting all the same. So the story goes that during the period of the Qing dynasty, foreigners would go to the foreign ministry of imperial china to submit requests to chinese officials if their requests were ever rejected the foreigners were said to have threatened the officials who would of course comply immediately out of fear but they would have the foreigners leave through the side door instead of the main door signaling to everyone that the foreigners had no face and thus putting the chinese in a higher position now again i'm not sure if that's just a bedtime story, or the honest truth, but isn't it interesting? While Mianzi is the common translation of face in Chinese, usually for the purposes of non-Chinese speakers, face as a concept is split into two parts. The first, as we know, is Mianzi, the social component, standing for status, prestige, and one's own social position. The second part is 脸, 脸, 
which is the moral component, and it refers to the sense of shame that one has, especially in relation to the socially acceptable standards of behaviour. But the two aren't necessarily used together, as a person can have mienza, but at the same time not have any lien. The idea of the combination of the two is that one achieves an elevated social level by moral means. For example, someone who is corrupt will have no lien because they are of course immoral, but they may have mienza, social prestige, despite the means of its acquisition. To have no lien is to not accept and basically to disregard what society considers to be right and moral and a person who has lien will accomplish their social obligations, ultimately being recognised by society as possessing moral integrity. Simply put, to lose lien would be to act in such an immoral way that your actions totally undermine the trust and integrity that society would expect. Mienza, on the other hand, refers to an individual's social position, regardless of their morality. It operates as something of a social currency of reputation in China, and as I said before, it can be specifically gained, taken, or lost. Now, I know that it's probably a bit difficult for us non-Chinese to understand this concept, and it's definitely a topic that can't really be summed up in a few sentences, and it's something that is, as I said before, integrally important to Chinese life. Many Chinese believe that making a mistake in public that results in a loss of face is the most humiliating and embarrassing thing that one could possibly experience. That means that a lot of Chinese will go to extreme lengths to avoid looking bad in public, which has arguably, over time, resulted in an entire culture failing to openly admit any kind of wrongdoing. Or at least, to put themselves in the position to do so, regardless of how small or insignificant the mistake might look to an outsider. Such manifestations can be seen in everyday situations, of course. Take, you know, the willingness to become involved in something that could make them look foolish. I don't know, like, any kind of willing participation in some kind of group situation. Like a university seminar, for example, or a company's town hall meeting. The saying, the only stupid question is the one that isn't asked, does not apply in China, because fear of making a mistake and looking bad in the eyes of others is a social failure. One of the elements that I found most bizarre about this topic was the lying. Yes, the lying in order to save face. In China, lying to either give or save face isn't actually viewed as a lie at all, as long as it is obvious and clear that the lie told was never intentionally deceitful. Many of us in the West are so adept in lying to protect ourselves from social embarrassment, as well as, you know, personal accountability, and it's absolutely true. Let's say, I'm late for work, my phone was on silent, the alarm didn't ring, at least with any volume, and I woke up late. I know it, and my boss probably knows it too. What do I say when I arrive at the office? You know fine well that I'll say, Oh my god, I'm so sorry the traffic was an absolute nightmare. It's utter tosh. You can probably think of a thousand examples, you know. Oh, the email was stuck in my outbox. Basically, you never sent it. Or, I'm sure I sent that check, or what have you. You know, <laughs> there are so many examples out there. 
But what that basically means is that Western tendencies to save face are often in an effort to save oneself from what we would say is narcissistic wrongdoing, compared with the East where they are committed to maintaining and preserving social grace. That can be seen all over China, quite honestly. Um, some examples would be, wow, you use chopsticks so well. You're very handsome, or a personal favourite of mine. Your Chinese is so good. <laughs> if I had a pound for every time I'd heard that in and around China, I would have a private plane on 24-hour standby, and everyone who has lived in China knows jolly well what I mean. The meanings of excellent, fantastic, good, okay, and fine are not necessarily as one would expect. In China, excellent or similar means good. Good means okay, and okay means shit. It's done to protect the feelings and face of the other party, and it's just something you'll have to get used to. When establishing a relationship in China, it's normal for the client party, that's the service or product recipient, to receive more face during the early days of the relationship from the service or product provider. And the reason behind that is basically because the provider must have the recipient believe that they are trustworthy. If one party is seen as unwilling to show proper face to those that feel deserving of it, then they will be judged to have no lien. It's as simple as that. This is one of the biggest offenders when it comes to destroying a business relationship with the Chinese. Now, before we go on to some of the ways that we can give and lose face, let's explore a couple of very short stories that help to explain some of the deeper ways that face is used in Chinese society. Now, these can be quite extreme, but they're interesting in any case. The first is called Love and Mianzi, and I know it sounds like the title of a Chinese rom-com, but it really serves to explain the societal obligations and social roles that everyone abides by. This example illustrates a scenario between a boyfriend and a girlfriend, and given what we know from traditional, I say traditional, Chinese societal norms, that a man is supposed to, remember, supposed to traditionally be superior to a woman in terms of his education, as well as his social and financial status. Many men would, and do, find it rather embarrassing if their girlfriend is more educated or better paid than they are. Pre-story side note, I actually know a girl from Hong Kong and I'm sure I can share this actually, as long as I keep it anonymous, um, she was studying for her PhD in the UK, and she once told me a story of one of her ex-boyfriends, and interestingly enough, by extension his family, having a real problem with the fact that she would later in life go on to earn more money than he would. A job that would also give her a higher social standing, by the way, and this was such a massive issue that it led to the relationship falling apart. I'm sure for other reasons too, but that's not the story. The story goes that a young man has a girlfriend that earns more than he does, which in turn made him feel inferior. 
On the one hand, he's happy because even if he lost his job, he knows that she could provide for them both. On the other hand, he felt inferior to a point emasculated, because whenever they would go out to eat, she would always want to pay the bill. Or if you're an American, pick up the check. Now, it might sound a bit ridiculous to some of you, but it just goes to show you that face can often have an invisible value, and for whatever reasons, it can cause different thoughts and levels of embarrassment to different people based on their circumstances, sensitivities, and inner thoughts. Not to poke holes in everything I'm saying, but the idea that harmony is valued above all else, in the cold light of day, just isn't always accurate. I can recall more situations than I can count on one hand of people arguing over very trivial matters, especially between friends. Which brings me on to our next story. A young man had just graduated from university. His best friend was getting married and had asked the young graduate to host the wedding banquet. As the host of the banquet, he did not prepare a wedding hongbao, which, by the way, is an envelope of money given to a newly married couple as is customary at Chinese weddings. The graduate didn't know that this would make the groom angry and to cause him to ignore his phone calls. As any close friend would be, he was rather upset by this and hastened in assuring his friend that there had been a misunderstanding. He explained that it wasn't to be disrespectful, but simply that he didn't have a lot of money since his graduation as well as the fact that he just bought a new suit for his friend's wedding, as well as the fact that he's hosting the banquet itself. But the groom wouldn't accept his apologies, and because the graduate hadn't gifted him the hongbao, he had not given him face. Even giving the graduate an opportunity to make good on this mistake, he still hadn't come through with any kind of gift, and in the eyes of the groom, there was no longer a reason to remain friends. And that just goes to show you how sensitive some people can be about face and the fact that friendships and relationships can be severely damaged. I very much doubt, actually, that the whole thing could have been avoided if the graduate had only given what he could afford, which obviously would have been more of an insult than anything else. That brings us to our final story, Losing Lien. To go against society's moral code and embarrass others may tarnish one's own reputation, or the reputation of your family which is arguably just as bad, if not worse. Let's not forget, Lian isn't just about unlawfully immoral behaviour, such as corruption, but it's also to do with behaviour that is shameful. To marry when both man and wife have reached the appropriate age is a belief that is so deeply ingrained within Chinese society. Let's say that you, listener right now, you are a parent... And you have a son who is 22 years old. I believe that's the legal age to get married in China. I think for women it's 20. If your son doesn't have a girlfriend by the time he is 25, it's more embarrassing for you as a parent. If he's not married by 27, then you start to worry because you will be seen to be losing Lian if your children aren't getting married. It's so common for the social busybodies of China to ask the parents of children why their son or daughter, but especially son, isn't getting married yet. And that equals extra embarrassment for you as a parent or for the parent because it's now a social topic. People might say, oh, uh, the next door neighbour, Mrs. Lee, her son is marrying and he's younger than my son. How shameful. 
They're losing family face, and losing face as parents of an undesirable son, at that. In fact, Chinese parents worry so much about face in this respect that they'll go out of their way, not only to put pressure on their children to get married, but even to go and find a partner for them. And that's not exactly an arranged marriage, although it is by its definition, I suppose. But it just won't be the case that it's necessarily strategic or beneficial for either family, with the exception of giving a parent grandchildren. This is a matter of both Lian and Mianzi because of the traditional Confucian belief that children have a moral obligation, yes, obligation, to marry and have children of their own, and to not fulfil that duty would be a disruption of moral and social order. But back to business. How in the business environment can face be lost and given? Well, <laughs> that depends on every different aspect of every different thing, because the theories of face can vary from their being put into practice. The most basic practical example of losing face would probably be to criticise someone in front of others, causing damage to their reputation, based on something like performance in their job role, their education, and taking a hit of shame based on their team, company, family, or even their nationality. Gaining or giving face can be accomplished by paying someone a compliment or with a gift. As we discussed in the last episode, as we discussed in the last episode, Chinese society places a great deal of stock in hierarchy and respecting one's superiors. It's unthinkable that a Chinese subordinate would ever question, disagree with, or interrupt a superior, especially in public, as it would cause a great loss of face for the manager in their capacity as a leader to people manage and keep an ordered culture of harmony. In order to avoid such happenings, you would, above all else, respect their position and help them to keep face. For your opposite number in a business situation, or for employees without significant rank, you'll often find that they are hesitant to approach or talk to you, a foreigner, first. This is likely because they want to save themselves the embarrassment of using potentially poor English, which would of course result in them losing face. This is easily avoided or remedied by complimenting their English, no matter how unintelligible and using your own level of Chinese, no matter how poor that is. This will pretty much make sure that they feel more comfortable around you, and that they'll see you as more approachable, and more importantly, that you've given them face, and they will want to give you face in return. I'm sure that approaching people can be tough, especially if you are an introverted personality, but it's certainly not impossible. Doing deals is rarely straightforward in China, which is the headache of every Western professional in China that I've ever come across. We are used to yes and no, meaning yes and no, quite literally, which isn't always the case in China. In fact, it's never the case. Giving such direct refusals or disagreements is very uncommon, and fear of a negative decision can cause one side to lose face. That's why you'll tend to hear a lot of maybe, and I'll take this into consideration. The Chinese are quite used to reading between the lines, and as a very literal people, we Westerners 
are just not used to playing such games. Hearing yes in the beginning isn't actually always a definitive yes at all, but rather a face-saving yes that may soften the blow of a no that will follow. How can you apply face in China? Learn how to use chopsticks and use them well. This will mean that you don't look like a caveman stabbing at his food and it will give you some level of face. The Chinese are very, very proud of their history and even learning about some of the Chinese history will help you gain face. Learning how to eat with chopsticks is a basic rule for eating in China and your hosts will be sure to give you face if you do it well. Practice it at home, you know, cut your meals into cubes and don't give up. Wearing well-known brands can be a good way to give yourself face, and even if they're so blatantly fake, the beauty of it is is that few people will call you out on it because to do so would result in losing face. Even if it's all legitimate stuff, this will show that you are not only stylish or style conscious, but as a person are successful and financially stable. Number three, when dining out with Chinese people, paying the bill is another great way to gain face while showing respect to others. Not all instances of paying the bill in China or by Chinese or Asians will erupt in a fist fight. Chinese people will argue and object and genuinely, literally, fight to pay a bill. But there's this culture of reciprocity and giving back in China, and the expectation is that one pays the bill and the other party will get it next time. But to be safe, if you offer to pay more than your fair share, then you'll likely be seen as generous, and it will certainly help your relationships because it shows that you care. Some quick tips for giving face include giving someone a compliment, entertaining them at dinner, or something like that, but always picking up the bill or giving them a gift when you meet. Some ways to avoid losing face include not using overly complex English. Even if the person you're talking to has a particularly good level, the fact is that not, it's not their native language and they might be easily confused. If they're thought of as the English speaker or the linguist amongst their peers, to not be seen to speak good enough English to communicate with a foreigner would likely result in them losing face. It's also a good idea to not openly brag about your possessions, not only because it's unseemly and unbecoming, but it just doesn't lead to a very harmonious environment. If you are an employee in a Chinese company, then it's very important to be on good terms with the boss because getting face from a foreigner can be on a different level completely. A Chinese boss places a good deal of importance on their own face, especially in their role as leader. So praising them in front of clients and even giving them credit can both strengthen your position and put you in good stead with your boss or in line for promotions when the time is right. The point that I want to hammer home here is the language aspect of losing face. A lot of Chinese business people have studied abroad in the UK or the US, Australia, etc. And they're very proud of the fact. They'll likely tell you about the time they spent in your country if they have. And I hate to say it, but that doesn't necessarily translate to them speaking a good level of English. 
the biggest of business tycoons may feel that they have a good level of English when in fact it's not very good at all, but you must never correct them and always be sure to use easy and standard English and explain things as you're talking. People believe that they speak fantastic English because no one has told them that they don't, but it's not your place to do so, so don't. Causing a more severe loss of face is an equally big mistake, and you might do it without even realising. Some of the worst examples that I've ever heard have almost always included a hierarchy, whether it's the boss directly or for others that may have had an impact career-wise. If you're dealing with a Chinese company, it's entirely likely that they've done business with Western companies before, and so they'll have a pretty good understanding of Western norms and expectations. But that isn't enough if you're on their turf. Face is so important in China, and that's not going to change. Even just by learning how to uphold the principles of face and by giving it, and ensuring that your counterparts don't lose it, just know that it will always be appreciated by the Chinese. But that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Eastern Connection. Be sure to join me next time for more on how to do business with the Chinese. Until then, take care, and I'll see you on the next one.